we are in a series called Whisper, Learning to Hear His Whisper, a series on prayer. And this series came about right after our series on the Forgotten War, a series about spiritual warfare. If you're watching and you haven't seen that series, I'd encourage you, visit capochurchonline.com and you can get all those series from the past. You might have some extra time to watch some of them. But this series of prayer came right after that series because in the closing of my sermon at the closing of that series, there was a verse that I neglected to read. That is the verse where Paul calls us to pray without ceasing. And I thought, okay, perfect. We'll go into a series on prayer. Pick right up where Paul left off on spiritual warfare. And then we started that series, this series right now, on our National Day of Prayer. I would have never envisioned that we would be talking about prayer in this format. I would have never envisioned that we would be in the situation we are, this circumstance in our country. Yet how appropriate that the Spirit of God led us and that Jesus is leading us to talk about this very thing, about praying. And so we've been in this acronym of PRAY. P for pause, R for remember, A for ask, Y for yield. In the first week of this series, we talked about pausing to hear his gentle whisper. And then last week, we talked about remembering, that in remembering, we, we recall to mind and we rejoice of who God is. And in doing so, we rekindle our faith in the goodness of God. That in our pausing and remembering, it begins to set our heart and set the circumstance in the right manner so that we can then ask of our Lord. We're going to talk about asking today. And to be honest, this part of the series could go on for weeks. There's so much to talk about as to why we should ask God and why God asks us to ask him and that involvement and that exchange of words. But alas, we only have so many days and so many weeks to be in this series. And so I'm going to do my best to kind of bring it home to a couple key things around asking. Now, for me, when I think of asking God I can think of a couple different times in my life in prayer where I asked God where he clearly answered and where he did not answer. My wife and I were praying about when to move to California. And we had decided to do this uh, long before I was teaching here regularly. And in our time of trying to set up when we should leave and travel and move to California, uh, we thought we would move here in the summertime. It would seem practical to do so because the kids would be out of school Uh, schedules will have paused, great chance to find a place to rent and all the rest. And so it was around, I believe, the fall of the year before we were coming. And my wife and I were in Bali with our family because we had just done a bunch of ministry in Jakarta in Indonesia. And I said, hey, honey, we should get together and pray. And she goes, yeah, we should really just sit down and pray and ask God, God, when do you want us to move to California? So we sat down and we began to pray and After we prayed, we asked each other what each other heard. And Mina expressed to me, I I keep seeing a frozen leaf. I have a sense that God wants us to move in winter. I had a similar sense, not as clear as hers, but I took that as a word from God and said, yeah, I I think that's the best way to go. At which time we began plotting and planning and thought, this is weird. We're going to have to pull our kids out of school early. We're going to have to make some drastic changes in February to get there in the time of winter. But we did so never knowing that at the time of our arrival, it was the perfect time to get to this area, to be in contact with you as a community, and for me to begin to step in to teach more frequently. God clearly answered our ask. But then I can remember another time when I was young in ministry, I had taken a team of 30 
16 to 19 year olds to the country of Venezuela and took them down there for a month-long missions trip. And while down there, we were sweating and working hard, presenting the gospel in a variety of different measures, uh, doing so with skit and with acts of mercy. And one time, we traveled up to this village in the mountains of Venezuela. After we got to that village, we spent time sharing the gospel with people, and many people received the story of Jesus and was reminded that Christ died for them and that they could have new life in him. And as we were departing, this mother brings a young girl in front of me. This young girl was the cutest little Venezuelan girl I'd ever seen, and she's probably about eight or nine years old. And the mother begins to point to her ears and do this. And I realized she had no hearing. Well, in that moment, I was filled with faith and I looked at that young little girl and I was sure in that moment as I grabbed her ears that God would heal her. And as I placed my hands on her ears and began to pray, I looked at her and she still couldn't hear. So I grabbed some more people and we prayed even more fervently and we looked at her and she still couldn't hear. And we prayed over and over and over again. And as we looked at her, she still didn't hear. And so we departed that day and I was a bit discouraged, but I began to remember, it's not about my will for that young woman. It's God's will for her. And I never even thought to pause or remember of who God was. I just wanted what I wanted in that situation. But at that time, that wasn't what God wanted in that situation. But that didn't discourage me from still asking. Because I realized that prayer is less about having God align his will to my will Prayer is more about my will getting aligned to his will. And I want to talk to you a bit more of a couple of ways that we pray. Because there's a myriad of different things in prayers, a myriad of different things around prayer. In fact, I would submit to you that every human being prays. And if you don't think so, fly on a commercial jet through some major turbulence, and you'll find everyone praying to someone during that time. Prayer is something that's vital to our faith. It's vital to our Christian tradition. It's vital to a lot of people's lives. And we're probably living in a circumstance right now where people are praying more than ever before. The question is, to whom? Well, I want to talk to you about praying to our Father. I want to talk to you about what it means to ask our Father. Now, when I was thinking through this message, I could kind of come up with two major ways or two major themes around asking personal petition, and corporate intercession. Now, those are two ways that when we pray and we ask, we ask personally, and we're meant to ask corporately. Because Jesus teaches us to pray. He he says, when the disciples asked him, and he said, this is how you're meant to pray. He says, this is one thing you pray. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a personal request that we're meant to ask to God. That we're meant in asking to make personal petition to him. That he actually asks us to make personal petition to him. Now, why would he ask us to make a personal petition to him if he already knows everything that we need? In fact, just before he says the Lord's Prayer in Scripture, he mentions that the Greeks are babbling constantly. And we're not to be babbling like them because the Father already knows what we want. Yet he then says, make this petition. Why is he asking us to ask? What is the reason for our personal petition? For many of you right now, you're probably making many personal petitions. For many of you, you're asking, God, will you provide for my family? God, is my job going to be there? God, is there a new job 
that's there right now. God, protect those that are sick around me. God, protect me from getting sick. God, protect my kids from getting sick. We're all in a position right now of asking. And oftentimes what happens is in our asking, we're scared to ask because we think our words don't matter. But what I think you're going to see this morning is that God asks of us to ask because our words matter to him. So what are some reasons why we make a personal petition? I think the first reason why we're asked to ask is because it makes us vulnerable before God. Luke chapter 11 Verse 9, Jesus says, And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Why ask for us to keep asking, Lord, if you already know what we're going to ask? Well, it's because I don't think the asking is so much for him to know. I think the asking is for us to know. To know what? to know that we need him. <laughs> to know that we can't do everything in our own strength. To know that we're not designed to do everything in our own strength. That, that asking is not because we're here to remind him. It's for us to put ourselves in a position of alignment with his will for our lives and to remind us that we are vulnerable. That we're meant to be vulnerable. And that in our vulnerability, we need his strength. His protection, His guidance, His love, His comfort, His kindness. We live in a society that tells you that you're not meant to be vulnerable. You're just meant to toughen up, be the strong individual. We celebrate the strength of people who can stand on their own two feet, pull themselves up by their britches. But God says, you're nothing without me. In fact, you're a branch that should be tossed away if you're not planted in the vine of Jesus Christ. See, when we ask, it's not so much, I think, for God. It's more for us. Because when we ask, we're reminded that we are without and we have need. And he is the one that can meet those needs. I think Jesus calls us to ask in the Gospel of Luke, because he wants us to be mindful that we are meant to be vulnerable and reliant and trusting in him. The second thing that I think he desires, why he desires us to make a personal petition in our asking is because when we communicate with our words and when we're vulnerable, then we are relational. Then we are expressing a desire to be dependent not on ourselves, but on something else. And are asking, we're, we're expressing a desire to be dependent upon him. Mark chapter 10 gives a beautiful story of the blind beggar Bartimaeus and an interesting interaction between him and Jesus. If you have your Bibles, you can open with me to Mark chapter 10. I'll be reading starting in verse 46. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, Cheer up, come on. He's calling you. 
Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. Then Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. There's a couple things that stand out to me about this story. First, though this man was physically blind, clearly he was not spiritually blind. He knew exactly who this Jesus was. He knew exactly what this Jesus came to do. And that he knew so well that his faith was growing in him to the point that he was going to be persistent and vulnerable in calling out to Jesus. And his calling out to Jesus, he got yelled at by the crowd. Now, I don't know if that happened often to him. Maybe he had tough skin, but he was willing to make himself so vulnerable that he would call out knowing that people might despise him or even shout at him in disgust. He couldn't have seen people's eyes rolling, but he definitely heard the people tell him to be quiet. Yet he was persistent. Now he finally gets told he can come to Jesus and he throws off his stuff and runs. And I'm not even sure if he ran the right direction. Obviously it seems like he did because he got eventually up to Jesus and Jesus does something that's wild. He says, what do you want me to do? As if Jesus would have never seen him before, which Jesus probably saw him blind before. The man is named by his specific name. He's his, his father is even mentioned. So it's probable that the people in this area knew exactly who he was and Jesus would have known him too. Yet Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do? Oh, I don't know, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe scratch my back or give me a hug. <laughs> what do you think? I can't see with my eyes. But Jesus wanted this man to know that his words were important to him. Jesus wanted Barmaeus to know that I'm going to heal you, but I want you to know that you are a part of this process, that you're part of the request and the answer, that this is not just a one-way thing. This is a relationship. Speak your need and I'll bring this healing to you because your words are so valuable that you're going to move God in compassion And Jesus is going to heal your very vision. Though let's be honest, in some ways the man saw better than any of us even see today. See, when we ask, it makes us vulnerable and it sets us up for relationship with Jesus. It says, I'm not dependent on myself. I need to be dependent on you. And Jesus goes, yes. And when you're dependent on me, your words matter. This is a relationship. I'm not here to just be yelled at and I do things without relationship. I'm not here just to show up uninvited and boss my way upon you and your free will. No, you have free will. I have free will. Let's have a relationship together. And when you ask of me, it brings you in a place of vulnerability and it invites me into a relationship with you. I'm convinced that this asking that we're meant to do many times is more for us than for God. Thirdly and lastly, in our personal petition, we, asking makes us vulnerable. Asking sets us up for relationship. And asking is intentional. James chapter 4, verse 2. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God. There's a level of 
asking that brings a bit of intentionality into the other things of our faith. That when we ask God, it moves us into a place of understanding him in a greater measure, understanding him in a greater way, moving us many ways into a place of even gratitude. Because as we're vulnerable in our asking, as it builds a relationship in our asking, then we intend to see more of the kingdom of God inhabit and work within our lives. There's a story in a book called The Hiding Place written by Corrie Tin Boom who her and her sister and family were taking in Jews during World War II to protect them and then eventually were caught doing so and put in a prison camp themselves. And in this camp, they were put in a uh, place with the other women that was stacked three to four high. They had to lay on hay that was moldy and disgusting and they had to lay shoulder to shoulder. Corey said she couldn't even get up and, without hitting her head. Almost immediately in the first couple nights that they were there, they started getting bites on their bodies and they jumped down and ran to the light to see what it was and they realized that this place was infested with fleas. At which time Corey's sister, Betsy, she tells the story in her book, begins to say, you know what? We can rejoice. We can actually be thankful for the scenario we're in. Corey's like, what are you talking about? And she begins to read this verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18. Always be joyful, Paul says of Thessalonians. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So she begins to read this verse and goes, hey, I, I think in, in our praying and in our, in our asking about the situation we're in, that this can bring in intention into us to see that we are intentionally grateful for what we are and we can experience like we're being grateful. And she goes, okay, well, what should we be thankful for? And she goes, well, let's thank God that we even have a Bible because Betsy smuggled it into that area that they could read. And she said, let's be thankful that we're so close to all these people that we can now minister and care to. Let's be thankful that we're in this situation because we can be used by God. And then she says, let's be even thankful for the fleas. At which Corey says, okay, that's crazy. You've gone too far. How could we ever be thankful for these fleas that are trying to bite us? She goes, well, I don't know, but let's just keep being thankful. Well, days, moved into weeks, into months of their being there. And the women were noticing that they were freely able to move around, spreading the gospel, praying for people, and sharing with others. And they couldn't figure out why they had such an availability to still be on mission with Jesus in a situation where they shouldn't be able to talk about any of this stuff. And then one day they came to find out that as Betsy was making socks and called for some information from one of the guards, the guards wouldn't come into the room that they were. And she found out, why, why won't the guards come in to give us information on making the socks we're doing? And they said, well, they don't want to come in here because this place is infested with fleas. And it was then that Betsy realized, I can be grateful even for the fleas that I have because it's these fleas that are keeping the guards out and giving me and my sister Corey the ability to minister to people around him. That in their moments of prayer and asking, gratitude began to fill their hearts. We have that chance now that when we ask, we can see gratitude fill our hearts and it can move us to a greater point of intentionality. Because while prayer and asking is for personal petition, it's also for corporate intercession. We are meant to stand in the gap for those that are around us. One of the greatest corporate intercessors that we can see in scripture outside of Jesus is Moses. Moses was the one who stood in the gap for Israel to Pharaoh. 
Moses was the one who stood in the gap to Israel when he raised his staff so the sea would part so the Israelites could flee. Moses was the one who stood in the gap for Israel when Amalekites came to attack them. And as he kept his hands high, Joshua was able to defend and defeat the Amalekites to set Israel free. Moses gives us a picture of this understanding of standing in the gap. Even at the point when Israel was making for themselves a golden calf, and Moses was on the hilt and receiving the law from the Lord. And the, loss, the Lord said, I see what Israel's doing now. You better run down there right now. I'm getting angry because they've began to worship a golden calf. Moses stood in the gap for Israel and pleaded on God's behalf to show mercy. And scripture says that God relented his anger on behalf of Moses' request. We see that now Jesus comes and he makes that intercession for us now. In Romans chapter 8, verse 34, it says, Well, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Jesus came and he brought heaven to earth and he stood in the gap for us between the Father and the rest of the world. He stood in the gap and said, here's God's creation and here's the Father and in me they can come together. Like the temple when it was built and God came to Solomon in a dream and a vision and said, if my people keep humbling themselves, I will heal their land and I will be in this temple. In the same way Jesus said, I am now the temple as the Father and the world comes together in me. And now we follow in that example and we make intercession. We stand in the gap for others that God and them might come to one another. Asking is our personal petition, but it is also our corporate intercession where we get to be a part of the plan of Jesus to stand in the gap between God and his creation. Now you might be wondering, well, Matt, that sounds dramatic. I'm not Moses. I don't have a staff. I'm not in Egypt. I haven't seen plagues, though these days it appears like some plagues are going around. You might be thinking, well, Matt, I'm not Jesus. He was able to do that. And I'm, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to follow. How would I ask God on behalf of others? Well, there's something that's going on right now during this difficult circumstance in this season. And I want to show you a video of some people that have decided to corporately intercede for those that have caught the COVID virus. So you see these individuals, <laughs> the desire to stand in the gap. Church, we need more of that. <laughs> we need more of us to not be critical and to tear down. We need those of us that will go and park our cars outside of hospitals, flash our lights and reach our hands out the windows and let the people in that hospital know that we are standing in the gap for them. We are crying out for them on behalf of their needs to our Father, that their, our Father and them would come close. We are reminding them that there is a gap between them and God and only Jesus can fill that gap. And as we speak the words of Christ, that he might pull them together. We become people that stand in the gap for each other. We become people that corporately intercede for the current circumstances we're finding ourselves in. Asking. Yes, it is a personal petition that God asks us to do. I think because it helps us align our heart with his heart and his will. In our asking, it makes us vulnerable, relational, and intentional. But our asking is not just our personal petition. Our asking is also meant to be a corporate intercession. We stand in the gap for others in their time of need. As application to what I'm sharing with you, I want to kind of encourage you in something that I'm going to start doing. 
starting Monday morning at 7.30 a.m., I'm going to have a Zoom call. That link can be sent to you. Uh, if you want, you can text this word, Zoom, to this number, 949-284-8181. Text the word Zoom to that phone number, and you will be invited to get a link to be involved in a Zoom time of corporate intercession. I'm going to start Monday morning, 7.30. I'd love for you to be involved. You can, be able to, you can get to this Zoom call through the website, through that text message, so you can get to it on your mobile phone. If you're clueless to what I'm saying, just do this. Go Google Zoom call, and you'll learn what a Zoom call is. Download whatever software you need to your phone or to your computer or to your um, tablet, whichever one you use, and then you'll get a link sent to you, or you can visit capochurchonline.com and get that link. And every morning at 7.30 a.m., 20 minutes or so, we're going to gather as a community digitally, and we're going to intercede for our nation and for our world right now. I want to be known as a church during this time that's not a church that just looks to self-preserve, but as a church that looks for ways to stand in the gap. That we would use our time, our resources, our voice to make petition for ourselves in intercession for those around us. So would you join me on the Zoom call Monday mornings, Monday mornings starting at 7.30. We will meet every day I don't know when we'll stop. We're just going to keep going. Maybe we'll never stop. Maybe we'll come and start gathering together in a church building at 7.30 in the morning. But I'd like to take every morning 20 to 30 minutes to just jump into a digital room together and cry out for our nation. Cry out for those that have been infected. Cry out for those that are living in anxiety and fear about being affected. Cry out for the leaders of our nation and other nations that are trying to make difficult decisions. And cry out for the needs of the people that are in our community. Because when we pray, we are asked to ask. And when we ask, we find a greater source of hope, power, and peace. And his name is Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're a dad. That you want to come that close to us. And, and, and as a dad would want to be with his children, that's the way you want to be with us. And you want to listen to us because our words matter to you. You want us to be vulnerable so you can hold and protect and provide. Father, you want us to work with you on behalf of what you want to do with other people. Lord, may we in this time grow in our prayer life like never before. May we as individuals step up in our personal petitions, but step up in our roles, intercessors. May we see ourselves as people that would bring together heaven and earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May we sing that song. May we live that verse. May we see that happen during this time. Because Lord, we know there's no greater hope than your son and his vision for our lives in this world. Father, I thank you that our words matter to you and you listen and you hear and you are involved in each one of our lives. May we take this opportunity to stand in the gap for others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a good rest of your week.